and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, and I hope your belly is full of turkey, coffee, beer, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, gravy, wine, corn, cranberry sauce, piece of pie or two, whatever other combination or lack thereof that comprises how you spent this glorious celebration of American opulence. May this prelude to the month of holiday madness be a joyful one, or may you find yourself wanting an escape from your crazy in-laws, an escape that only can be delivered by the power of audio theater. Today we continue our theme of chilling tales on the show. Uh, Again, we seek out the West Coast for thrilling stories and sound. Uh, And today we welcome the Willamette Radio Workshop to the show, driven by the multi-talented voice actor Sam Mowry, whose voice has graced many shows previously. Uh, You may remember him as the voice of the Shadow Man in the work of Dry Smoke and Whispers. Uh, We played that back in April and uh, once over the summer, I think we had them. Today's tale is a classic story of the dark side that makes up man, uh, the eerie parable of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. As the story opens, we see a gruesome scene unfold in the streets of London. I should also note that for younger listeners out there, while the story is rather intense, it's not for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Hope you enjoy Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The Willamette Radio Workshop. Look at all the people out on the street in spite of those big clouds. What a crowd! Walking up and down, taking the air, looking in the shops. The fancy people in their fine carriages. My sister Tilly is the flower of Piccadilly. And me mother is another down in Leicester Square. Oh, thank you! Now, what's that? You'd think they'd be afraid, what with them horrible murders. No. Yeah, four people dead in the last fortnight. Yeah, go on. Oh, it's true. And all in this district, and all at about this time of night. And the police don't do a bloody thing. What can they do? Do catch a man, of course. Here's a man. They say it's some kind of beast. Go on. Something inhuman, with horrible eyes that springs across the rooftops to make its getaway. Put up your brawly, love. It'll be on us soon enough. Oh, it's not going yet. No, but the storm. The storm, it might have rain on a night out. Here now, buy a flower for poor girl, Captain. What is it? What's going on? Up on the roof! It's a man! Look, 
Somebody call a constable. Now then, what's going on? Up there, cop. He's got something. It's a woman. My daughter. You up there? I am Constable Pear. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> He's crazy! Bloody bonkers! Oh, doesn't he look horrible with those terrible eyes? And huge burly body. Large hands. I must request you come down at once. Down? You want me to come down? Watch <laughs> out, he's near the edge. There's no railing. That's my flight, sir. What's he doing? Will he jump? He'll throw it down. Here now, take care. Stay back from the edge. Billy, Mama. <laughs> What's he doing? He's lifting her up. They'll fall, they'll both be killed. Oh, that's your precious mother, is it? Doesn't she look funny way down there? Like a fat black beetle, yes. Like a beetle. With the feathers on her hat like antenna. Oh, please, sir. <laughs> we could squash her if we wanted to. Just like the beetle that she is. No, sir, please don't. Come down at once. You've a pretty face, haven't you? Your skin's so fine. Your eyes so bright. Your hair light as a feather. <laughs> light as a feather. <laughs> Let's see if you float. And then, did you know the blight had charged me? Oh, simply oh, terrible, and all that heat. Lord, it is. Oh, a <laughs> what in the world is she wearing? That old thing again. She wasn't there under an hour. Before she was under the hose. Oh, <laughs> oh, Dr. Lanyon, I'm so pleased you could attend my party this evening. Uh, of course, Lindy Brackishtan. It's pleasant to get out of the laboratory and <clears throat> into evening clothes for a change. But where is your tall, tall, charming sister? Uh, Paula sends her regrets, as she did want to attend, but simply wasn't up to it. Oh, that's too bad. Such a delightful young woman. I'm determined to see her married off, but so far she's rejected both of my suggestions. She isn't pining away for someone privately, is she, Dr. Lanyon? Paula? No, I should think not. Oh, she hasn't got a double life somewhere, has she? Well, some women can be too, too clever about hiding that sort of thing. <laughs> no, Lady Brackishtan, I'm certain that's not the case. Oh, uh, let me introduce you to our guest of honor, Dr. Paul Lanyon. May I present Herr Dr. von Doppelganger of Vienna? An honor, Herr Doctor. I am a great admirer of your work on the as uh, multiple aspects of personality. You flatter me, Dr. Lanyon. Oh, not at all, Herr Doctor. While I respectfully disagree with some of your theories, I mm -hmm. admit they are fascinating. And why not, my dear colleague? After all, the scientist has an interesting example of divided nature right at home. What do you mean? Uh, yes, uh, thank you, Twyford. A double scotch for me. Very good, sir. In the eyes of society, men of science are sober and serious. Their minds focused wholly on the magnificence of their scientific endeavors with no thought for frivolity or what might be considered the baser appetites. What would the watching world think of us if they could see us now chatting at a party in our elegant tailcoats, drinking champagne and dancing with beautiful women? Oh, Darby, you are too, too wicked. Well, it's only natural to relax a little from time to time. It is natural. And to repress such pleasures is both 
unnatural and destructive. <laughs> well, that certainly is a European point of view. <laughs> the ancient Greeks knew there must be moderation in all things, including moderation. Hmm. Quite. In the spring, when life is high, it is right that we laugh and run a little wild. There will be time for sober thoughts come winter. It's specifically in here, Dr. Von Doppelganger's honor, that I'm wearing my Janus diamond tiara. <laughs> oh, be careful, Lady Brackishtown. Such great beauty and value would make many men two-faced. Oh. 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 Dr. Lanyard, I must see Dr. Lanyard. See now, sir, you can't come in here. You're sopping wet. If Lady Brackishtown is not I expecting you, I must... Wizard, what is going on? Oh, I, I am sorry, milady, but this gentleman insists... There you are. You must come away at once. Jekyll, good heavens, man. I didn't recognize you. You look a fright. Do you know this wild person, Dr. Lanyon? Yes, indeed. Only my oldest friend in the world, Dr. Henry Jekyll, though usually not so windblown and grubby. Ah, Dr. Jekyll, we have heard of your radical work in Vienna. Even the double eagle bows its head in respect. Look here, Lanyon. We've got to get back to your place double quick. But, old boy, I, I can't abandon my charming hostess, and I'm eager to hear Dr. von Doppelganger give his talk. The dark and the light. Two sides of man. I have a pair of fascinating theories on duality. Listen, Lanyon. I have much more to tell you about light, either, either light or dark. Come away this instant! My apologies, Lady Brackishtan. I'm afraid that my wild-eyed friend drags me away. Of course, I'll do too vexing. Twerfold, call Dr. Lanyon a carriage. Uh, at once, milady. Here now, keep the pavement clear. Get this crowd back. Is she dead? Lying there all broken like oh, that. Oh, the poor dear. She's so pale. It's too horrible falling all that way. Oh, Melly, Melly, speak to me. Your hands are so cold. Now then, the hospital van will be there in a moment. Keep the crowd back. Yes, Constable. Mama, don't cry. Melly, Melly, no! Oh, it's too bad. Heaven rest, poor thing. How dreadful. Poor oh, dear. Poor thing. Now then, Mrs... I'll take care of her, Constable. I'm her daughter. But you're... Ellie, sir. Millie was my twin. A twin? Crikey, think of that. It's true. Oh, well, Look at them. He's in a pod, they are. Shush now, shush. What happened here before the accident? It was no accident. It was cold-blooded murder. He dropped her like a visage boy dropping a kitten. No, Mother, that won't help. Oh, Mother. The three of us were walking along and he came up. We'd never seen him before. He was well-dressed but frightening, something beast-like about him. He started talking to Millie. He said he lived near on Two Bricks Lane and did we want to come round. But then something set him off. He grabbed her and carried her up the drain pipe. It's true, like a bleeding monkey was. Like, like some horrible ape. Now he's gone, and my Millie's dead. There's no justice in It's just a shame. Horrible. That's quite enough, that's quite enough. Now, did he mention his name? Yes, sir. Edward Hyde. Driver, 
to Cavendish Square. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Gee up! Now, Jekyll, this is ridiculous. What utter rubbish. It is not, Lanyon. It's heaven's own truth. <laughs> it's a load of nonsense. The personality of man divided. Yes, into two distinct halves. A good persona and an evil persona struggling for possession of the same body. It's a fairy tale. I only wish to heaven it was. Uh, next you're going to start baying at the moon. There's no moon tonight, old boy. No moon at all. It was murder. A fifth in a fortnight. It's not safe. What are the police doing? Nothing! Uh, hold there, driver. What's the holdup? Uh, it's this crowd, sir. Uh, there's been an accident off the roof of, of one of the houses now. Well, drive on if you can, or go round if you must. Oh, what a dash of nuisance. Why, Jekyll, why are you cowering like that? Close the carriage blinds. Close them. Certainly. But what's wrong? Oh, it's all coming back to me now. The horror of what I've done. May heaven forgive me. Sit up. Look at me. What is this all about? The two halves of the divided soul. Each does not always know what the other does. A beast. The dark half knows not the goodness performed by the light, and the light half knows not the foul things performed in the shadows. Until later, when memory comes like an evil dream, with tidings of incriminating horror. I remember who I was, but I knew not what I did. Until now. Find him! The crowd's too thick, sir, and their mood's ugly. Then go around, driver. I must get home. Dr. Jekyll's in the state. All right, then. Here! Here! I'm Constable Pear, open forthwith in the name of the law. What is it? Come here, you. you is this something? the home of Edward Hyde? Well, well, if it is, let me go. Is Edward Hyde at home? Oh, now then, what's all this? I am only the housekeeper, and too little he pays me at that. He is horrible beast, low and mean, coming and going at all hours. I know he is up to no good. Lord, the terrible eyes, the low, brutish forehead. Oh, you certainly don't have any love for your employer. He is monster. I take nothing from him. I go back to France. We have not such people in Paris. <laughs> ah, and I suppose he gave you those gold coins out of the goodness of his heart, eh? Take them, take them to English. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, she's a pippy. Crikey, what a cat. That's no way for a lady to talk, sir. Well, it looks like you'll have a nice talk with a nice English jailer until things are looked into. No, never. I am the free woman. Free's right. Who'd pay for it? That's the truth. Froggy, froggy. All right, now, all right. One last thing. Where is Edward Hyde now? The horrible dog. He says nothing but Lanyon. The Dr. Lanyon will help. 
Lanyon will know. Lanyon? Oh, sure, that's Dr. Lanyon of Cavendish Square. He's a great doctor, they say. Well, I'll enjoy a visit to Cavendish Square, and you'll enjoy Her Majesty's hospitality. That's Mrs. Couple, Jekyll's urgent pleadings brought us home from the party. Is Paula still awake? Oh, your sister's in the parlour. You can hear her playing the piano. Is aught wrong with the poor man's hair? He's so worn and scarcely holds himself upright. Uh, nothing wrong with him that a spot of brandy by the fire won't cure. Uh, help me bring him into the study. It's a shocking bad night for weather. Oh, I'll take his arm, sir. Yes, the weather's something terrible. I haven't known anything like since I left the Highlands, with the great storms falling over the low. Falling, not falling. Falling, no. Oh, when whatever may the, the poor man mean, Dr. Oh, Lanyon? Nothing, nothing. His nerves are disordered, that's all. Uh, set him in the leather chair by the fire. Oh, here is the rug for his lap. Uh, thank you. Uh, now, a brandy for him. Rather stronger than not, I should say. Stronger. Of course, Doctor. Stronger than four men, but with the sins of nine on my head. Now, see here, Jekyll, you've got to stop this nonsense. If I didn't know better, I'd say... Paul? Paul, you're home early. I was playing and didn't hear you come in. Oh, is that Henry Jekyll? Whatever is the matter with him? Uh, nothing, Paula. He'll be fine. In a just bit of a brandy for Je Dr. Jekyll, sir. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Couple. That will be all for tonight. Very good, sir. Uh, and be certain to lock up doubly tight. The city seems strangely disturbed. Yes, sir. Good night, miss and sir. And I hope the good Dr. Jekyll will be well soon. Does a body no good to see him looking so miserable. Thank you, Mrs. Cabell. I'm certain he'll make a full recovery. A good night. A two angels guard you both. Should I retire as well? I only came in to see that the velvet drapes were drawn against the storm. I meant to practice another duet, but if you think it will disturb uh, uh, Not at all. A music and a savage beast, you beast. know? Yes. Not a man, a beast. No, uh, not a beast, a man. Why don't you go and it's play, Paula? Of course. Anything to help poor Henry. I, I mean, poor Dr. Jekyll. Hmm. soon be ready. She was so young. My girl. My darling child. I know, Mother. I know. Ellie, I still remember the two of you playing in the sunlight with your father standing by. Oh, so handsome in his uniform. Heaven rest him. And now Millie's gone too and I... I... It's a dreadful thing, but we must do what we can. His father's service revolver still in his bureau. Of course. And his clothes, too. Pressed and folded. And, and I've kept his things in perfect order since he died. And I'll do the same for Millie. There'll be two shrines in my heart. My two lost lamps. That's fine, Mother. That's fine. Here's the tea. Nice and hot. Drink it down and don't worry anymore. 
Who is it? I just popped round to see if there was anything I could do. Of course, come in. The shock is terrible. Oh, poor Mrs. Twain, all bundled up in a blanket, clutching a teacup for dear life. It's a sorry sight to see. Will you sit with her a little? There's something I must do, and I don't want her to be alone. Of course, love. Be glad to. Ah, but don't you have an old faraway expression in your eyes? Are you quite well yourself? Don't worry about me. You're certain you don't mind? Oh, not at all. Otherwise, I'd be down at the princess in the tower telling the sad tale over every pie. Thank you for staying. There, there, ducks. It'll just be you and me. And won't that be nice? My two last ones. My two last ones. Now then, I'll just dim this light and you just rest. Where is Constable Pear now? Oh, he and the others went to Cavendish Square to pay Dr. Lanyon a visit. That horrible frog housekeeper said they could find hide there, the beast. Thank you. I'll be back when I can. Gone. Both gone into the darkness. by the fire and listen to me, Lanyon. Of course, old boy. It began when I was a child. Both my scientific interest and my sense of myself as a divided personality seemed to bloom at once. As I studied and became known for my intellectual accomplishments, I developed a keen awareness of the world's expectations. To be good, no, to be great was my destiny and my desire. And great men were the masters of themselves in every thought and impulse. But surely this is an oversimplification. Perhaps, but it is a received truth. Yet at the same time I observed that I could not wholly divorce myself from my appetites. I mean honest pleasures of the body and soul. The enjoyment of a good meal, the company of friends, the natural round of human existence which balances intellectual and scientific life. But that's perfectly natural, old boy. But my image of myself as a holy man of science would not allow for lighter moments. I repress these aspects of myself, and with each repression, they grew darker and more strange. My repressed nature became burdensome to me, a thing of loathsome yearning and degraded tastes. In moments of weakness, at the bottle perhaps, or when flesh flushed with passion, I became, it seemed to me, another person entirely. So much so that I gave myself a different name. For the actions I committed at those times seemed to be the work of another man. Edward Hyde. I became obsessed with the idea of ridding Dr. Jekyll from Mr. Hyde. If repression caused Hyde to grow stronger, perhaps division was the answer. As an oyster clothes a contaminating bit of narca until it becomes a smooth pearl, or as a tree discards a diseased limb, thereby keeping the trunk in health, so too I imagined that I should be able to isolate and discard Hyde from the body of Jekyll. <laughs> At last I have succeeded too well. My heavens, man, what are you saying? To study nature is to study transformation. 
Seasons turn one to the next. Seeds into plants, worms into butterflies. I found a way through chemicals to transform my body from the image of the outer man or Henry Jekyll or probity and respectability into the inner man. Edward Hyde, all appetite and lawless hedonism. I will not say what these chemical compounds were. My notes are burnt and none must know of my discoveries. But did you succeed in expelling the personality you call Hyde? Expel him? No, I unleashed him. For though I could transform my body into his semblance, rough features and prodigious strength, I could not separate him from myself. Indeed, he is myself. Inseparable and inextricably entwined. But I see you before me. Where is Hyde? Within! He is always with me. And grows stronger and more monstrous with every attempt I make to extricate myself from him. At first, he would only appear when I drank the chemical compound. But then, to my horror, I found that he no longer needed the aid of science. He would leap into possession of my faculties with increasing frequency. Now, poor wretch, wretch now, poor wretch that I am, I, a rush of passion or any strong emotion might free the beast. Paul, I'm sorry to disturb you, but there's quite a crowd at the door. They're gathering on the steps and filling the square. Uh, don't worry. Uh, we'll soon find out what they want, and they'll oh. be on their way. I know what they want. I know it in my wretched heart. Dr. Jekyll, what's the matter? Please tell me what is wrong. I thought the brandy would help. I need more help than brandy can afford. Wait here. I'll take care of this. Don't open that door, Lanyon. If you do, I'm done for. Don't be ridiculous. I'm not. They're here for me. Listen to them growling in the rain like a pack of beasts. Maybe that's what it takes. A pack of beasts to catch the beast. Please, Dr. Jekyll, you're not a beast. You're the kindest, most giving man I know. But I am not the man you know. Or rather, you do not know the man that I am. I know you are respectable and decent. But behind respectability can lurk the monstrous. And under decentness may leer the indecent. No, that is not true. My heart wouldn't deceive me. Paula, what is this? What are you saying? The truth. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I have had feelings for you longer than I have known. When I saw you working in your laboratory, when I sat in the public gallery and listened to you lecture... You've heard me lecture? Oh, yes, many times. Why did you never say anything to me? I had no idea. No one knew. It was my secret life. When I read your monographs, my heart swelled. I know you are, you are both a good and brilliant man, and I would do anything to help you. Paula, you mustn't say such things. But they are true. Oh, I've thought of you so often. I've dreamed of how wonderful it would be if we two could... Somehow, even in my work, those long nights of study... I thought how marvelous it would be to hear you call my name. To see you at the fireside, a simple dream for both of us. But now, never. What? You can't care for me, you mustn't. I cherish you too much to let you share my horror. There's no horror I fear to share with a good man. But I am not a good man. But I know you are, in my heart of hearts. You don't know my secret life and hidden deeds. If you knew... They would disgust you. 
I'm stronger than you know, Dr. Henry Chuckle. Then let them come and bear witness to my shame. <clears throat> I am Dr. Lanyon. This is my house. What is the meaning of this nocturnal display? Uh, quiet down, quiet down. Uh, respects, Dr. Lanyon. I am Constable Pear. We have reason to believe a murderer may be within your house. That's right. Murderer? Constable, I certainly hope not. Pipe down, pipe down, get back. Dr. Lanyon, do you harbor within your walls a man named Edward Hyde? No, Constable, I do not. Uh, That's quite enough. Now, in spite of the lateness of the hour, would would it inconvenience you to let me come in and take a look about? Uh, Of course not, Constable. You are an agent of the law and, as such, always welcome in this house on legitimate business. But I must ask the rest of these good people to come no further than the doorway. In spite of the inclement weather, I am simply not equipped to receive such a multitude. Certainly, sir. I understand. All right, you lot. Stay here. Hi, Jack. Run round the back and see if he doesn't slip out the kitchen window. You lot go with him. We've got the front. Very well, Constable. Will you come in? Much obliged, Dr. Lanyon. And that was the first half of The Confessions of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, produced by Sam Mowry as part of the Willamette Radio Workshop. Next week, we'll hear how the inevitable path begun by Dr. Jekyll comes to its frightful conclusion. And if you can't wait that long, recall you can always catch up on our previous episodes of the podcast and blog, www.radiodramarevival.com. You can also read more audio theater news, reviews, and discussion, as well as subscribe to the weekly show. And if you prefer, check us out on the iTunes store. Search for Radio Drama Revival. And that wraps it up for this week's show. Until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.